Amen. Welcome, everybody. Uh, man, how many, I just want to praise God for a new day. How many people are just thankful for a fresh new start? People like new starts, fresh starts, do-overs. Amen. God is full of grace and, and full of uh, fresh starts, and we can start that today. If you feel like you've had a tough week, a tough life, whatever it may be, know that God is for you. Amen. So today's message is going to be talking about taking the lead. We've been kind of following along a lot of the life of David. How many people like following the life of David? That's an interesting character there. He's uh, has some good days, bad days, all in between. Kind of reminds you of the, the guy and girl in the mirror sometimes, don't I think all of us can relate a little bit to David's life. We got some high points, we got some low points. But the great thing about David's life, and I pray that it's a great thing about heart, is that God is in the center, amen? So that's what we want to do. We want to glorify God and look at what God has been doing in David's life through this time and realize that God is the same yesterday and today and forever and that he wants to do great things in your life. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I asked folks here earlier, and I'm going to ask folks online, do you have your receiver ready? Have you got your receiver heart open today? Because you know what? We can preach and jump up and down and everything else, but if you're just not willing to receive it, it doesn't do you but so good. So I pray that we have ears to listen and a heart that is ready to move our feet in the direction of what God is calling us to do. So how many leaders we got out there? Okay, we're going to have some more when we leave. <laughs> That's a little trick question. You know, a lot of times we feel like, well, I don't feel like a leader. Well, I wonder, now this is not in my notes, I wonder why we feel that, that way. Sometimes we feel like we're ill-equipped, right? There's probably somebody else who can do it better than me. Maybe there's somebody that's had more training. Maybe this, maybe that. But guess what? God has called us to, to lead in what he's put in our hearts. Maybe it's to start a ministry. Maybe it's to raise your family well. Maybe it's to be uh, a mere Christ at, at work. But then, you know what? Regardless of what it is, there's something that God's placed in your heart. And I pray that through, you know, diligently studying the word of God and seeking after the Lord, that God reveals that. And then as a church family, we can come alongside and nurture those gifts so that you can be all you can be for the Lord. Amen. So let's jump in with that a little bit today. Uh, I'm going to read out a psalm, one of our favorite psalms, Psalm 27, 14. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Now, if God writes something down and says it once, you know it's important. If he says it twice, you better really be listening. Amen. Did you catch that? It says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I had a little something I wrote down this morning when I was going over this. I said, patience, we all need it, but we never want to take time to experience it. I thought that was pretty true, wasn't it? I said, like, man, we want patience. I just want some patience, but I got to get with it. I just need a little patience. But man, you need to get that stuff done. Right? So we kind of we shoot ourselves in the foot. But let me tell you, I pray today that we can just take a breath in. I pray when you guys come here and listen online and share the message with other folks that you just take some God time. You know how important that is? It's probably the most important thing you'll do each day is to just slow down and listen to what God has for you. Anybody got a busy schedule? Hands everywhere? Wow, all the time. Sometimes it's self-inflicted. I know that I can, I can put too many things on my plate sometimes. But sometimes I just say, well, no, I can't do that. And, and then, I, so do you ever answer without asking God sometimes? I'm the only one, thank you. Yeah, just jump in there and then you find out, why don't I have any peace about that? And then you say, Lord, you know, do you want me to, I'll do it. This is my prayer often. Lord, I'll do what you want me to do, but I just need to know what you want me to do. <laughs> See, a lot of times I think we, we think we got an old Heavenly Father that died us. And you know, however you choose to talk to God, but when you got a personal relationship, 
I have total reverence for God. I am grateful for God. But God is my Heavenly Father. And I never talk to my, my dad like, dear Heavenly Father, Dad. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I'm telling you, as you grow in that relationship, sometimes you just go, Lord, I need you. Daddy. Mom. You know? Then you get that relationship. And so when I'm talking to the Lord, sometimes it's the Lord, I, I don't know what to do. Anybody else like that? And just, and just my heart is open. Lord, help me to understand the steps that you want me to take today. You know something I've been praying? And, and, it, and it's kind of tough for me to pray this. Lord, tell me when to be quiet. My family said, our prayers are working. Right? <laughs> That's, okay, yeah. But you know, I, I tell you what. Sometimes the word that is not said is just as important as the word that is said. And you know, sometimes just listening and being available means a lot. So you know what? That comes with being patient sometimes. So I got a couple of things I want to read here, just my little intro. I said, there's something to be said about being a leader. I said, many folks desire to lead, but they don't want to take time to check their compass. In other words, they don't truly have their focus on what they need to be focusing on. It's real hard to figure out what's going on when you're, you're trying to follow somebody or somebody's trying to get something done. And they're over here, and they're over here, and they're back over here, and all those things. Sometimes we just need to lay back and turn around and say, Lord, direct my steps. Direct my steps. And so I hope that we see that today. So, you know, here's the big question. When we're starting out through our life and marriages and relationships and even our relationship with the Lord, who is charting the course of your life? I want you to think about that question. What is charting the course of your life? Now, that may change sometimes. Ultimately, I pray that it is following our role model, the Lord Jesus Christ. But with different things going on, we need to realize that we need to start with him first. In the last few weeks, I know we've been digging in with David a lot, and I just love following his life and studying the word. And I see David as early on, he was the underdog. Anybody ever pull for the underdog? Yeah, you can pull for me. That's right. You know, it's something about we want to see the, the one that's running behind. We want to see him get on top. We want to see what's going on. And for, for the start of David's life, you know, like we were talking the other week, is that he was pretty much the underdog. When they were going to the house of Jesse, his dad, to look for a king to anoint, God had talked to the prophet. The prophet gets there and they bring out all the guys, all the sons, all the good chin, big, good looking guys. Surely that must be him. The guy says, no, that's not him. Goes on down the line, no, that's not him. And finally the prophet says, do you got another son? He goes, man, we got David. He's out singing to the sheep. They didn't even consider him. But notice God chose him. I love seeing those things through the Bible because you know what it does? It gives me hope. How about you? I said, if God would use a little shepherd boy, wouldn't he use me? Wouldn't he use you? Look throughout the Bible how God used so many people that man would never pick. Amen? Let me tell you, God has got a spot for you in the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. amen. So we look at this. But we see that all that changes because David starts to set the, the compass of his heart on the Lord. He was out there singing and praising the Lord. He would always be seeking out the things of the kingdom. Now, I realize that God may not be calling us to be a king or a queen, but nevertheless, God has called us to grow and go as we mature in Christ. Amen? How about that? You guys ready to grow and go and as we mature in Christ? Let me ask you a question. At the start of the year, we usually try to kick off a few things, maybe offer up different Bible studies and things like that. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to answer out loud. This is a little self-evaluation. Do you feel, we're in July now, 
Do you feel that you've grown closer to the Lord in the last seven months or not? I pray that you have. And if you haven't, I'm not here to beat you up or beat you down. Make some adjustments. We can make them today. So think about that. There's always there's always today to make that adjustment. We want to put things off. You know, we want to, we're going to start losing weight next month. We're going to start losing weight after the birthday. We're going to start going to the gym after this. And we kick the can. We kick the can. We're going to start saving money after. I want to encourage you today. Start where you are today. Following God. And he will meet you there. Amen. So I want you to hear that today. And again, I'm going to read our scripture again. I want to get that in our heart. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. How many know waiting is not fun many times? How many people want to answer now? We talked about it last week. I like I like to answer yesterday. You know? Especially when we're in pain. I don't do pain good. How about you guys? I've been, I know this is probably not 100% accurate, but I've been told by some people in my family that I'm not the best patient. <laughs> Who, who's a good patient? You know? The guy that is, I don't know many good patients, you know? But you know what? We do need to listen to people that God has put in our life to help us. Amen? But again, going back, they said being a good patient and being patient. You see how that ties in? We want to be better now. We want to be here now. We want to be at the retirement age now. Or we want to be at vacation now. But you know what? This is where we're at right now. Lord, what is it that you have for me today? Let's look at that a little bit. So I'm looking at that. And I'm going through here. And I said, man, you know, David, talking about waiting. And I know some of this I'm kind of pulling from last week. Kind of get some more momentum from where we were. David, when they, when they came to anoint David for the king, he was probably about 14 or 15 years old. Very young. When did he become king? When he was about 30 years old. That's a long haul, isn't it? You think David was ever out there with the sheep going, you remember when we were talking about this? You know? Questioning God. Anybody questioning God sometimes? You know we do. Because we think, it, it, surely it should be the way I think it should be. How many people glad as time goes by, it's not the way you thought it was going to be? Many times in my life I'm going, oh, I'm glad I wasn't driving the bus. But we go back and grab the wheel over and over. I pray as we continue to see God moving in our life, even when we don't see it in that instant, as we look back and review things in our lives, say, Lord, you're faithful. You know? What is that old song? Jesus, take the wheel. There's a lot to that right there. Jesus, take the wheel of my life. Jesus, direct my steps and help me to be uh, obedient to those things. But when we look at this, David was waiting and waiting. And during that time, what was going on? He was on the run for his life a lot of times. He, he had people chase him down. The king then saw was, was after he was going to take him out. And David many times had the opportunity to take Saul out. But he waited patiently on the Lord. Sometimes being brave and courageous is being patient. Isn't it? Sometimes we just have to let it all fall into place. And I don't know what's going on in your life today. What's going on, and, and, we, and, and, and I, I'm never minimizing some of the tough spots that uh, many of us go through. But learn from what we're at at this point. Look back and, and look back where God has carried you. Don't rehearse the hurt. Remember the blessing. Okay? Remember the blessing. And remember God's faithfulness. So I pray that God is going to do something in our heart today. 
Something great today for each one of us that are here and that are listening. And I want to start out by looking at five things that, as I went through the life of David this week that I think we need as being leaders. Amen? Everybody ready to go? Let's see you say amen. We'll jump on in. All right, let's do it. We need patience. I love some of these things at this time. You find to put on the back. They're so cool. Really bring this stuff alive. And here's our scripture again. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. David understood this powerful truth. How many people think it was comfortable for David to wait all that time? Man, I can't imagine. But during that time, even though it wasn't comfortable, it turned out to be very very profitable for him. I know in ministry, when I first was called to ministry, I thought I was ready to roll. And I heard people continue to tell me that had been in ministry for a long time, said, well, this is great, buddy, as you prepare for ministry. I said, what do you mean as you prepare for ministry? I'm ordained, I'm ready to roll. This is a young man's mind. Let me tell you, I'm coming clean with this. It's like, what are they talking about? By no means did I think I had it all figured out. And now, after 20 years later, I know I don't have it figured out. Now I know why they say, while well, you are preparing for ministry. Guess what? We're always preparing for ministry. Just like they say doctors and lawyers are practicing law, practicing medicine. Doesn't really do you a good, good uh, heart good when you feel like, you know, your doctor said, well, I've been practicing medicine for so many years. I'm thinking, I want you to have it down by the time it gets to my number. You know, let's go ahead and do it. But the truth of the matter, there's so much to absorb. And things change all the time. And God's revealing more and more to mankind. There's a lot to take in. So, like I said, is your receiver open? Are you open to what God is teaching us today? Those times that seem like they're moving slow, slow. Those times that seem like we're moving slow, slow, right? God is doing the work. God's doing our work. And you think that, maybe that's part of him helping us with our patience. Patience is a great thing. But you know, sometimes it's tough walking through. But let's keep on rolling with that. So David learned to trust God with every area of his life. We say that so easy, but we don't live it out so great sometimes. Is that true? I'm just saying to me, I can trust God with this, but can I trust God with that? You know what helps me in that area? I'm just a real simple thinker. If I can trust the Lord that created everything, which he did, the one that came to earth to pour out his blood for, for my sin and your sin to sin the world, that could be raised from the dead and sit at the right hand side of our Father God, to hold my eternity, make it personal, your eternity, when I call on the name of Jesus for my faith and trust in the world. For eternity, which is forever, can I trust him with my rent? Can I trust him with my job? Here's one. Can I trust him with my children? Can I trust him with my, my, my family? Can I, can I, can I, can I? And I can tell you this. At every one of those questions, the answer should be yes, whether we receive that or not. Because God is faithful. Even when things don't look like we think they should. Even when they don't go in the time frame that we want them to, God is faithful. So through those times, we have to learn to trust God with every area of our life. Some areas are really easy. Some areas seem to be really tough. And you know what? That's for everybody. 
But as we grow in the Lord and we look back over our lives and we see how God has worked and moved, we begin to build that faith and build that trust in God. How many people right here today believe that God loves them? I pray everybody can raise their hand. You know, if you get ready to raise your hand or get ready to say that you got that little chink in your heart, yeah, but last week was a bad one. Yeah, but we argued on the way to church. You can always find that little area, right? Let me tell you that God is bigger than your sin. That's some good news if you haven't heard that. God doesn't look over it. He doesn't say, well, that's all right. He annihilated it on the cross, amen? All we just need to do is turn from it and turn to him and receive the forgiveness. I want you to hear that today. And during this time, David had a few ups and downs, didn't he? So here's, here's something I want to ask you. Are you patient with God's time? And the answer is, probably not. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know? How many people have been waiting for a letter or a check or, or an answer in the mail? You're back and forth. How many people have been waiting for the phone to ring? You just don't want to do it. And you sit and you wait and you wring your hands and worry and worry. And that really speeds it up, doesn't it? Nope. What's the best thing to do? Pray about it. Give it to God. Leave it at God's throne there. And keep on going. What happens if we took the same amount of time that we're worrying about something and took that time and applied it to dig in and praising God? Woo! You know what it would do? It would probably mess up the whole medical industry that gives out blood pressure medicine. It really would. You're like, well, hey, I'm not going to worry about that. It is so easy to say and very difficult to let go. But as we practice his presence, it strips that away. It really does. So I, I, I want to talk to you guys today about that. With patience and, and letting things go, I'm telling you what, God's timing is perfect. Well, let's take a look at this. We need, we learn, we learn, we need the time to mature, grow, and grasp what the Lord is teaching us. Sometimes it takes a while to get through this noodle of mine. How about that? And then it takes a little bit more time to drop to my heart. How about you guys? It takes a little time. But God builds on each layer of our faith. Anybody started a new job or remember when they started a new job or a new task? You didn't know everything about it. You might have had an overview. You might have had a broad picture of it. I was working with a guy yesterday. I was apprentice point one. I didn't know much about it. Brother James come over and worked on some stuff in my house and doing some electrical work. He knows about it. I am the ladder boy. <laughs> and I was even doing that wrong. I, I was here. I can't reach it. Okay, I'm moving over here. But I'm listening. I'm learning. And you know the great thing? He was teaching. He said, I like people to know what I'm going to do. I said, that's great. But see, I'm hungry to learn. Some people say, ah, let me know when you're done. Right? That's okay too. But if somebody's willing to take time and teach me something, maybe I can apply that somewhere else. You know? I'm thinking this. You know what? He was showing me about a, a ground wire and why you have a ground wire. Guess what I'm thinking? That's part of the sermon. We need to be grounded in the Word of God. See, I can take what he knows and run it through what God's showing me. You see what I'm saying? So all types of different things. Well, the current flows this way. Okay, I understand. Okay, but then the check turn this breaker off and that stops the flow. Guess what? What is the breaker in your life keeping the flow of the things of God coming to you? See, he's not thinking that I'm thinking about a sermon when we're doing this, but he's teaching me. He's teaching me something. He's giving me a parable. I love it, man. So I'm out 
And I'm like, man, he didn't even know he was preaching yesterday. You were doing a good job, man. You know what? And when we clicked the light on, guess what? He was shining your light. See, it all works together. That's good stuff. There's a sermon in everything you do if you look at it from that perspective. So I'm saying, okay, this is great. I want to make sure we're grounded. Friends, I want to make sure that we're grounded in the Word of God. I want to make sure that we're grounded in the truth of God. Guess what? Sometimes it takes a little time to look things up and get things flowing. Guess what? Same thing in your prayer life. Same thing in your relationships. Same thing in our growing in our faith. So we can learn from all those avenues. And sometimes we just need to be patient. Now, how do you do that? You just say, well, buddy, just sit there and be quiet. I can sit there and be quiet. It's still be worked up. Well, buddy, don't worry about it. Okay, click. I'm not worried about it. That doesn't work. i tell you what helps me. It's praising the Lord. If I start praising the Lord, I'm not thinking about anything but how good God is. How about you? And when I start focusing on how good God is, I realize that what I'm going through probably isn't as bad as I think. I'm not saying that it's not for real. I'm not saying that it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying it's not painful. But I'll tell you what, getting my compass of my heart focused on the Lord puts me in the right place to hear from God. Amen? That's a good thing for all of us. And that's how we take the lead. Now, when I talk about this message here, I'm not saying everybody's going to run out and, and start their own business and all this stuff. What is it that God's placed in your heart for you to take the lead on? I mentioned this earlier. Maybe it's taking a, taking a, uh, just a stand in your family. So, you know what? We're going to pray over our food. Let's start small. Hey, you know what? I, I desire us to go to church as a family. Hey, I, I want to be, uh, I want to pray with you guys before you go to school. I want to pray with you guys before you go to work. Something like that. I don't know what it is, but ask God. Lord, what is it that you're building in my life that you want me to take the lead on? Amen? And I know that God will be glad to show you. A couple little things here. I said, you know, my last little piece here. I think we got one more here. Nope. I got that one right there. I said, just like a seed plant in a good soil, it takes time to produce. That seed is equipped with all that it can be, but time, patience, and nurturing is what makes it flourish. You think about that seed. You throw it out. You say, is there really a tree in there? You know, you're looking at it. Is there really a watermelon in there? Over time, with the proper nutrients, with the proper care, with the sun coming out. Yes, we need the sun coming out and pulling us up to where we can grow in the things in relationship. See, all those little things to me are like a parable, man. You know, I'm looking at it and I say, man, okay, there's a seed there. If I want to see that seed do good, I need to put that seed in some good ground, right? If you want to see the seed of what God's put in your heart to grow to maturity, it's a good thing to be plugged into a good, fertile, believing church. You need to have the Bible open. We need to be reading the Word, getting that nutrients, okay? So just like that seed that God's put in your heart to grow in your relationship, it's really no different than the seed that we plant to, to bring a harvest of fruit or vegetables or anything like that. Now, I, I happen to have some really good gardeners here, and the thing I like about that is I don't have to put a garden in anymore. So I just say, man, how's your garden growing, Miles? How's your garden growing, Evan? You know, what's going on? Okay, now with that being said, I know these guys work hard. And let me tell you, when I go by to visit, they think I'm just coming by to see them. I usually come around harvest time. I'm just teasing. But you know what? As hard as those guys work to get out in there and get the rows straight and the grass pulled out and everything else. Do you think you're going to do all that and just go, yeah, okay, it looks good. I'll check back in about six months. At the end of the summer. They go out there, they water, they look, 
They dust the plants a little bit. They do this. They, they, they pull off the dead leaf. They go over here. They make sure it's getting the right shade. They're nurturing that, that plant, that seed. How well are you nurturing the seed that God put in your heart for your relationship? Do you see what I'm saying there? Sometimes we get the message and we sit on it and then we just go on about the business. The message of God should be life-changing in your life. Amen? All the time, God is continuing to teach us and show us. Because we want to force for the Lord, right? It's hard to say that first for a word, but you know what I meant. <laughs> that's, a, that's a buffalo dialect, man. Sometimes they get to dialect, whatever it is. Here we go. Let's keep on rolling. We need humility. How many people like that? Exactly nobody. Yeah, but I want to talk about that a little bit. I hope we can see this here good. Humility is not weakness. It's proper perspective. I want you to hear that. I said a humble heart will get you further than a prideful attitude. Somebody say amen. amen. I call it, this is, what I, this is translation. I call it getting the big picture. Many times I think we get the small picture of God and the picture of ourselves is too big. Amen. Get a little fat headed, don't we? Well, yeah, I can do that. I got it down. Man, let me tell you, it doesn't take long for a few things to go wrong in your life to realize you need Jesus. Now, I want to add this. You need Jesus, and I need Jesus when things are going good. Okay? We just don't run to the Lord for fire insurance. We need him all the time. Do you tell him that? Lord, I need you today. Lord, guide my steps today. But that humble heart is not being weak and being walked on, like I've said many times, or a Christian format. But it's getting proper perspective of who God is and following his lead. Amen? Let's look at this. In the life of David, David only boasts, boasted about the Lord. You know what tickles me? Is sometimes somebody asks you how you're doing. You tell them how you're doing. And if you're doing better than them, they think you're bragging. You know what I'm saying? I went to the gym the other day. Talked to a guy. said, man, I ain't seen you in a long time. I said, yeah, yeah, I have been there. He said, look like you lost a little weight. I said, yeah, I lost some weight, man. And he said, well, that's good. He said, I lost this much. I said, well, I lost this much. Well, now you're bragging. I'm sorry, I can eat ice cream sandwich if it makes you feel better. Well, how, did, I, I go, how did that just happen? You just asked me, I told you, and my number one's higher than yours, and I was on the bad guy. It's amazing. But the truth is, that's the truth how many people see that. And I, you know what I did? I just considered the source. I said, hey man, it's good to see it. Keep on walking, that's good. I wasn't holding up scorecards, I wasn't doing anything else. Why oh, was I was just talking. That happens in life a lot of times. You know, it's, it's crazy sometimes. But you know what? David only boasted in the Lord. I like seeing folks say, man, let me tell you what God did for me. And, they're, and, they're, and their heart is right about that. Let me tell you what God's done for me. I think that's awesome. I think that's amazing. Because you know what? It glorifies God. It gives the praise to God. It, it, I, hopefully, it shows people that, man, you know what? As I've been trusting God, see what it should do is build our faith when somebody shares that. It shouldn't make you get all irritated. I can't believe that didn't do that for me. You know, you see that. I'm just like, man, that's great. How many people are excited for other people when they get stuff and things go good? I pray that because some people I know will be going, I'm like, great, man. You got a new car show? Man, that's great. I'm not going to ask you what you paid for it. I'm not going to ask you any of those things. I don't I don't care. Are you happy? I'm happy. That's awesome. That's nice. 
Or you get this guy say, ah, okay, you, you know what, that got a little scratch right there. You know, you know, you know what to get them to fix that right there. And they drive a 1936, you know, bulldozer. The reason I'm bringing that in, sometimes it's hard to maintain humble when somebody starts plucking you, right? Just let it go. Just let it go. Let it ride. And realize that, you know what, that might be part of the test. It's like, well, you know what, I'm just thankful for what God, what God's doing. Amen. This is what God's done for me. I've told, told you guys this before, you know, about the knee surgery. You're probably tired of hearing that, but this amazes me. People will ask me all the time, how's your legs doing? And I said, man, great. And I told them last week, somebody said, yeah, but are, are they really good? Yes. Is it 100%? No, it's 200%. I got them both done. And then they're all really? And they go, I can't believe that I am. I'm going to go ahead and well, whatever. I'm thinking, I got, I got a doctor. You know, it's almost like people want you to do bad sometimes. That's not of God. That's of the world. God says, hey, encourage one another. Come alongside. Fan the flames of faith, man. Pick out what's good. You ever notice a boss and a leader? The difference between them? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I'll probably jump ahead of that. But a boss wants to rule by fear, right? Oh, man, you... But a leader develops people. He finds what's right. And breaks them up. Amen. Let's keep on going. Now, David boasted about the Lord. Look at some of the scripture we got here. 2 Samuel 7 18. Then David, the king, then King David, went and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? I want you to think about that for a second. David's king now. And he gets in the presence of the Lord and he says, Who am I? Who am I that you brought me this far? Who am I that you would, you would love my family like you've done this? You ever think about that? Man, I talk to folks all the time. And what happens is a lot of times they talk about how bad they had it and how they got it. And I'm a self-made man and all these different things. I want to tell you what. The only thing that I can tell you is, for me, I am grateful for everything that God's done in my life. And if you get the wrong perspective on that, you'll find out real fast that God will help you correct that attitude. Amen? So I hope that we are quick to give praise to God and quick to encourage others. David, in the presence of God, even though he was king at this point, he remembered where he went from and remembered what God had done for him and his family. Let me tell you, sometimes maybe your family don't realize how blessed they are. Moms and dads, we think about that sometimes. You have really any idea, you know? You're thinking when you go and buy that $55 video game, you're thinking, $55? Man, if I got a Slurpee, man, I thought, woo, yeah! You know, you get all excited about the you get a big, you get on that shrimp, and then you can't even ride your bicycle back home, your eyes clicking because you got an ice cream headache. Man, but you wanted it though. Yeah, and then you got time you got back from down there and coming back around, half of it was all on your arm, all went down here, had all the red stuff under here and all on your shirt, and your mama get mad at you because you messed your shirt up. That didn't happen, you know? Well, I'm just telling you, a lot of times we just get overwhelmed with the stuff and miss out from the hand which is giving the blessing. Follow that hand back to the heart. Amen. The heart of God. So look at that. King David marveled at what God had brought him through. What he had led them through. How often do we reflect on where God has brought you in your family? Think about that sometimes. You know, like Ms. Tanya told, said today, I, I've got a funeral after this, I've got a funeral tomorrow at 12, and a follow-up at 2 tomorrow. And there's a lot of things going on. When you're with families and stuff like that, your heart hurts for them. But you do rejoice when you know that their loved one knows the Lord. 
And that's the comfort that we continue to put out and the comfort that we want other people to know. And the reason I'm tying this in is a lot of times when we look through this thing, are you thankful for what God has done? And as I sit with families and they reflect back on the life of their loved one that they lost, they start thinking about the blessings many times. I pray that we don't have to wait till we lose somebody to count the blessings. I pray that, you know what, that each day we thank God for what he's done and what and who he's put in our life. And you know what? If you look back hard enough and you look back long enough and you look back through, through eyes of mercy, maybe even some of the people that God put in your life that made your life a little uncomfortable, God used them in a mighty way to help you along the way. Amen? I hope that we can see that and I hope that we can be that mere Christ for folks. Well, let's keep on going. So we got past the hard part, right? Because humility is a little tough sometimes. How about this? We need some courage. How many people are courageous? Man, guys, I'm trying to help you out here. I thought you got to be ready, pounding your chest and everything else. Let's look at this. I said, it's okay to pull from the past. You just don't have to stay there. Now, I want you to go back in time in your mind and think about when David fought Goliath. Right? We're going to have a little fun with this. He remembered his heart, uh, this in his heart all so well that God had brought him through so many other things. I'm going to read a little something, and then we're going to have a little fun with it. All right? How's that sound? Now, look at this. First Samuel 17, 45. This is what David, he's going out on a battlefield, all right? And David said to Goliath, you are coming to me, uh, coming to fight against me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord Jesus, who rules over all. Somebody say amen over all. And I want you to get that right there. He is the God of the arms of Israel. He is the one you have dared to fight against. This day, the Lord will give me the victory over you. Does it sound like he's a little courageous right there? He knew who he was in the Lord. I'll strike you down. I'll cut your head off. This day I'll feed your bodies of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. Then the whole world will know that there, there is a God in Israel. The Lord doesn't rescue people by using a sword or a spear. And everyone here will know it. The battle belongs to the Lord. He will hand all of you over to us. I read that the other morning and I got excited. Not that I won't see any bloodshed or anything like that. But when I see that man's faith, when you see other people that are on fire for the Lord, it ought, to, it ought to spark something in your heart, does it? And I thought, man, I wonder what would happen. You ever insert yourself in a story? Put yourself, I wonder if that was me. I wonder what was going on. Let's bring it back down. I wonder if this was on the end of First Street in Buck Road and I had to go up against this guy. What would I say? I'm going to translate it. Y'all ready? I wish Jeff was here. He could help me if I got stuck. I said, dude, you think I'm scared of you? And your little girly man weapon? <laughs> I'm the Lord God rules over, my God rules over every corner of the earth. I'm going to bust you in your noggin, hit you in the head with this rock, and feed your, <laughs> feed your bodies and your flesh to the buzzards. Right? And not only that, everybody's going to know that the Lord gave his victory. In your place. <laughs> Then David runs at the full speed and grabs the promises of God. <laughs> I wish, you know you wouldn't give me up, I wish you would. You ever did that? Said, I wish you would. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And then you always got to put that thing on the end, right? When you're really mad, you lift those up and go, huh. All right. That's just, you know, that's just like a couple thousand years difference. But sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of, we think, oh, I, I wouldn't be doing that. You know, you say some crazy stuff when you get mad. When you get, but also when you're courageous, you don't care. Because you know, man, God's got my back. 
He wasn't, well, I might go. I'm going to kick you in the shin and hope for the best. No, he already knew, man. He had victory. When you have the Lord in your life and you see, he was reflecting back. If you go back through that chapter some more, he said, man, you want to save me from this bear and a lion and all these different things. He would reflect back. It's good to reflect back to look where God brought you from. You don't have to stay there, but draw from the strength of your past to walk in freedom of your future. Amen. That's victory, man. That's victory. So we need courage. How do we get courage? We remember what God's done. We remember who God is. And we remember who we are in Christ. Somebody say amen. That's what David did. And that's how he did it. And so I want you guys to be encouraged now. I said, how about a leader that goes through all these things and all this? It would be real easy to get puffed up. But, but you know what? That's why patience and the humbleness all ties into leadership. So that we continue to give praise to the one. That is actually working in us and through us. God gets the glory. I want y'all to see that today. Amen. But let's keep on going. Pick up a little speed. Everybody doing good? Now here's one for us. We need faith. Everybody knows that. And everybody says amen. But sometimes it's a little tough to grab hold of it, isn't it? We got to work that faith muscle, right? So look at this. I said leading is more than just talking about it. It's delivering on it. How many people hear somebody talk a good story? Huh? They promise you everything. And then you wait and wait and wait and wait. And you ain't see no results. My friend used to say, hey, man, don't talk me to death. Show me something. <laughs> he, he was not big on this. He's like, you still talking? You still talking? Show me something. You know? And, and I think about that a lot. And so many times our actions don't mean our words. Lord help us. Amen? We want, us, we, we want everything to flow in that. I said, so many people keep this good story going. But like my buddy I used to work with, he said, the proof is in the pudding. That's what he used to say all the time. The cream is going to rise to the top. We need faith in the Lord, and the Lord will build your faith so others will find faith in Him as you discipline them. Disciple them, excuse me, as you disciple them. We can disciple them. How many people have had people that they work with or been with and that you look at their life and they've been an encouragement to you? I hope people all around. I hope that I'm an encouragement to you. You guys are an encouragement to me. You say, well, buddy, how's that? You show up. You pray for us. You pray for one another. You visit folks when I can't visit folks. I appreciate that. You're an you're, you're extension of the Lord's hand. Never underestimate the power of that and the privilege of that. You notice that? With great privilege, with great power comes great privilege. Amen? And accountability. So we look at that. How about this? Do you know the difference between a loud mouth and a leader? I said something about that a little, a little while ago. Don't be young. I want to share with you. A loud mouth inspires with fear. But look at this. A leader generates enthusiasm, develops new leaders, tramples fear, and makes the vision clear. The Bible talks about where there is no vision, the people perish. We need to have that vision out here. What is our vision? We want to make the most of every opportunity to share Jesus Christ with the world. We want people to know Jesus. We want people to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Amen? That's why we're here. Not just KTP. That's the, that's the whole mission statement of the church. We've been learning more and more about that on Tuesday nights. I, I, I pray that you guys take advantage of what we're working on. There, It has been a great study. We've got plenty more lessons. I mentioned this and you can jump in anytime. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. We get out about 8.15. Everybody's welcome. Nobody's going to shake you down. You don't have to know all the answers. Just come and receive Amen. So just throw that in there. Just come and receive a little bit. So look at that. In your life, are you generating enthusiasm? Do you develop leaders? Are, are you trampling fear and, and, and making the vision clear? 
I find out this. Do you know a really, really, really important thing in life is communication. And that's something we got to work on all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, my communication sometimes falls off kind of rough because I don't always hear well. And when somebody says something, I think they said something, and I know that they didn't say what I just thought they said. We're both talking about something, and Denise will say something, and I'm trying to figure it out, and I got this look. Because I know what I heard, you know, I'm thinking she said, uh, grab the dog's breath and go over here and turn the faucet on. That's no way she said something. She might say, grab the dog's bowl and turn the water fountain on. So I'm looking going, I know she can say that, but you got to be patient with folks that they can't hear that well. When I give you the face like, I missed it, okay? Woo! Sometimes when we're praying for folks and we're doing stuff and teaching and things that are going they, they don't get it the first time. Did you get it the first time? Man, I have to hear it over and over and over. That's why we go back over the basics. That's why any band goes over the songs. That's why the football players go back and forth over the just the, just the one, two, three drill. All those things. Back to the basics. The basics are a good thing. But then we go to the next level. And we come back around. Firm up that foundation. It's the same with our faith. It's the same with our faith. It's the same with relationships. That's why you still date, right? It's good to date every now and then. Your wife. I want to make sure you say that. And your husband, right? But you want to go ahead and fan those flames in that relationship. Spend some time and stuff like that with them. How many people get tired of somebody telling them they love you? I don't. Sometimes I have to remind my kids that they love me. Because they get on the phone, I go, hey, what's going on? All right, I love you. And they go, yeah, okay, Dad. I'm paying for this cell phone. I said, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Okay, I just want to hear it. Okay. Just kind of a little reminder, you know, just playing with them every now and then. But you know what? With people that I care about, who's to say that's the last time you ever talk to them? That funeral that I'm doing tomorrow, 22 year old boy, my son's got in my friend's son died, get thrown from the vehicle in an automobile accident. When I have the phone with people I care about, I want the last words you hear from me because I love you. He said, oh, Dad, you're getting sentimental and everything. That's right. Because I want you to know that I love you. And that's what I, you know, and that's the thing. That, that's the greatest thing. You, you know they said the sweetest words you can ever hear is your name, right? And I said, follow up with that is your name and I love you. That's huge. It doesn't cost nothing. It doesn't hurt you to do it, but it sure is nice to hear it. That right there does a does a, a heart well. Amen. Let's keep on going with this. I said he built his faith and his faith in the faith of others. Right now, this is what we'll do. When you see somebody that is a true leader, they inspire. They inspire all things of life. And you can apply this to your workplace and your family and everything, but I'm talking about from the spiritual side. And really, if you got the spiritual side, it's going to ooze into everything else you do, right? I do not believe, as Christians, we live in separate little pockets. Church today, businessman tomorrow, dad this day, wife that day, what you know as we go through. You take Christ with you to every situation, every place you go. And that is the great thing about the Great Commission. That's the great thing about Holy Spirit living in us as blood-bought believers in Christ, that we get to take Christ with us everywhere. Amen? And now let me just say this. That means everywhere. 
good, bad, and indifferent. But I pray that we are that light in those dark places so that we can glorify God and God adds to the kingdom. But we need grace. How many people need grace? Amen. Here we go. Let's get this. We're going to bring it on home. We're doing good, guys. Look at this. I said the amazing thing about David, he was he was just as well known for his failures as he was for his victories. I want you to think about that. We're not glossing over the sin. We're not glossing over that. But look at this. I'm going to put it this. Let me put it this way. I said God didn't leave the bad things out of David's story. He worked them together for the good. David still had what I like to say a lot of scar tissue from things that happened. He had some real heartaches and he had some consequences. Never think that there aren't consequences to sin. But there is grace. Praise God. I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that today. The grace that God showed really says more about God than it does about us. He doesn't leave us in the pit. Remember we talked about that? He doesn't leave us on the side of the road. There is times that we have to have tough love, that we have to give them tough love and things like that. There's times that God is kind of silent, right? That doesn't mean he stopped loving you. When your mom and dad say, look, you got to get a job and you can't do this and this and this, that doesn't mean they don't love you. They're trying to help you. They want to, to, to make you dependable. They want to make you stand on your own and different things like that. And sometimes it's real tough when we find, are we aiding the situation or are we helping the situation? You know how you know? You keep asking God to reveal that to you. Lord, I don't know what to do with the situation. Show me how to respond to Christ's life in this situation. That's where we need him. And that grace that God gives us, are we giving it to other people? I used to say this. I think I got it in my mind. I said, you know what? When you get our hand caught in the cookie jar, we want grace. But when it's our cookie jar in somebody else's hand, we want their hand. Isn't that true? I find as time goes by, I pray that my heart is filled with a little bit more grace. You say, well, why is that happening in your life? Because I realize on a daily basis how much grace God gives me. How about you? How much grace does God give you? More than enough. As Mr. Charlie always says, when I talk to him, I say, how are you doing today? He said, better than I deserve. He said, ever since I've known. And I think about that. And somebody said that to me the other day, and I used his line, I said, better than I deserve. God's grace, God's love for us, He'll take you right where you are. God's grace says more about God than it does us, right? Because grace is not required on our part, right? Let me say, let me explain that. God's grace is His unmerited favor. We don't earn it. Is what I'm trying to say. That's not grace. You work for a wage. The wages of sin is death. Grace is the free gift of God. Amen. Are you giving that grace to others? Amen. Let's give a look at this. I said, we need grace to lead. We need grace to live. The truth is, we need Jesus Christ and his mercy every step of the way. That's what I'm saying on this whole message, guys. The other day, I went to a family that lost their dad. Debbie Bonnie, they, they attend here from time to time. Good friends of ours. Debbie lost her dad, 91 years old. And Debbie asked a question, just in talking, me and I was talking. And it's one that I asked myself many times. And I looked at it and I thought, man, you're in my mind. She says, I often wonder what my mom and dad did and how they did this that I never wanted to disappoint them. 
I didn't want to disappoint them. It's not that I didn't do things wrong, but I really strive to be a blessing to them. Have you ever asked that? Often times I wonder, and I put it in my thing. I told her, I said, same thing. I said, they've been working rock and roll bands and everything else. There was drugs everywhere. And I never did any drugs. People would probably say, sure. I did never did any drugs. I didn't say I didn't do any drinking. I just said I never did any drugs. And I often thought, why have I never done any drugs? They're always around me. You know my answer always came back to me? It would kill my folks. It would absolutely, my, my folks, it would take them out. That's one thing. So that perspective. So the reason I'm telling you this, the other night when I slept about one hour because of the storm and my dog don't like that, and I was praying, 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 I got my answer at 4.15. Lord, why did I not do some of the things I did? The other question why I had to do some other things I did, but, but that you know, I, I thought about with Debbie ass. And we were just talking. And you know what the Lord told me? Y'all ready for the answer I got at 4.15 the other morning? Because they showed you unconditional love. Wow! They love me anyway. They only wanted the best for me. But I knew they always loved me. And with that love, I did not want to disappoint. In the Bible, it talks about in Romans that it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. That unconditional love, when you find out about the love of God, it starts bubbling up in your life. And you want to be a God pleaser. And you say, well, what, buddy, why do you miss the mark? Because we're still selfish sometimes. But I'm getting a big picture. And I'm trying to pass on what God has been showing me in that. When you experience that unconditional love, more times than not, it will draw you to do the right thing. Amen? To be a God pleaser, to be a mirror of Christ. And so through those things today, I hope you look at a couple of things. And these five things I'm going to go back over. We need patience, amen. We need humility. We need courage. We need faith. We need grace. Now I broke those five things out to tell you there's a real short way to remember that. We need Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your message. <clears throat> and I know, Lord, that you have so much for us. You want us to take the lead, whatever that lead role is in our life. Maybe it's taking a stand at school for being a Christian. Maybe it's taking a stand at work. Maybe it's standing up and saying, I'm going to pray for the leaders of our country. Maybe it's saying that, you know what, I'm going to invite people to church even if I've asked them 20 times and they say no. I'm going to pray for my enemies. Amen. I'm going to pray for those going through a tough time. I'm going to get myself grounded in the word of God, whatever it is. Whatever God's speaking to your heart today, I pray that your feet follow through with your heart. I pray as God nudges you and, and, and draws you to himself, that you say, Lord, today, what is it that you have me to do? How will you have me respond? And I want to tell you, it starts with this response here. Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Have you put your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ? I'm going back to this today. As a pastor, I have some amazing things that I get to partake in. And I have some very difficult things that I partake in. 
I would be experiencing some of this. And when I get up to stand before people that are hurting after a, a, a loss of a loved one, there's no greater comfort that I can bring to them other than the Word of God. And that's amazing. What hurts my heart is, is when some people live their life, no matter how long it is, and I ask folks, did you love one another Lord? I don't like asking it on that day, but I do. I'm going to ask it today. Do you know the Lord? What do you mean by that? Have you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross? The Bible says all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible also says there's one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ in relationship with him. He came and lived a sinless life and took your place and canceled the debt out by pouring out his blood on the cross. And rose on the third day. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what it takes to have a relationship with the Lord. Believing on that. You say, well, how do I do that? I do believe that. But I understand that now. I got it. What must I do? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right where you're at. Whether you're watching now. You're at home. You're in your car. You're sitting right here. You can know that God loves you. And that God will come into your life right now. As you put your faith and trust in that. Lord. Just talk to him. Jesus, I believe in the Son of God. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to turn to you, Lord. I want to live for you. Today, I put my faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. In the resurrection of Christ. And the Bible says, Whosoever calls upon the Lord will be saved. Let us give praise to the Lord as we sing the outward song. Somebody give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to do one of our original songs here. I hope you guys like that. We're going to sing you out with the song.